Shalom, shalom, welcome, welcome, world changers. Here we are, another, another evening of just reading the scriptures, worshiping, and uh, you know, having fellowship. We are going to be reading uh, Jeremiah chapter ten through seventeen. As always, we're going to have a great time because we are getting into the scriptures, getting into the Word of God. Perfectly confident says they can't even admit there are problems with Paul. I don't think the problem lies. The, the root of the problem is not with Paul as, a, as, as much as their bibliolatry. They believe that their, their man-made compilation of 66 books is perfect. And so therefore, because it's perfect, because Paul is in there and because the 66 book canon is perfect, that means Paul is perfect. That's the only thing. If Paul was in, if Paul was not in the Bible, they would have no problem saying that Paul had, you know, made a mistake here and there or whatever else, or made lots of mistakes or said lots of things wrong. They'd have no problem with that. The root of the problem is their bibliology. They are idolizing a man-made framework. Fearfully Confident says, how could Paul be Pharisee, be a Pharisee or Pharisees? when he misquotes Torah and Tanakh so much. They, I, you know, I was just listening to uh, a video earlier today, and it was a video, um, I mentioned this particular, it's an associate professor in Florida, Dr. Wa Robin Walsh, and um, the topic was about this kind of thing. And the thing is, is it, it, just like a lot of people do believe because of the evidence that we have that Paul didn't know Hebrew that much. I mean, he wasn't, he was Saul of Tarsus. So it's not like he was Shaul of Jerusalem. No, he was Saul of Tarsus, a Greco-Roman city. And when he quoted the Tanakh, it's quite evident that he was quoting from the Septuagint for the most part. But even then, he didn't quote it like word, he didn't, he misquoted that as well. You know, the idea is that he knew Greek a lot, but whether or not he knew Hebrew is another thing. From where he comes from and considering how he uh, misinterpreted, you know, something like uh, Zerah versus Zeraim, you know, according to uh, Galatians chapter 3, I think it's pretty, uh, I think we got some evidence that maybe perhaps he just didn't know Hebrew that much. Thank you very much, Fearfully Confident. William, what do you think of legalism or legalist? Is that real or made up? If so, explain. Here, here's the thing. People who don't understand the Torah, don't understand God's word. These people, most of them are like from the Christian world, and they, they run across somebody who believes in obeying all the commandments, believes in obeying God. They would, sometimes they would call them a legalist or that, you know, they would say, oh, this person, this Torah observer is just involved in legalism. The truth of the matter is they, that is the hypocrite who is condemning someone else for legalism, is a hypocrite. The Christian who is condemning a Torah observer for legalism is a hypocrite. Christians, I'm not talking about everyone, but almost everyone, who is against the law of God, they they care less of the law of God. They, they can care less. They say, oh, God sees me, but I, uh, you know, I... I I'm not even going to try to obey what he tells me to do. Oh, but if they're driving and they see a, a police officer at the side of the road, they're going to they're going to look at their speedometer and they're going to go they're going to go the speed limit, right? These people 
are hypocrites, huge hypocrites. They are legalists when it comes to the law of man, and they throw out the law of God. Yet they claim to love God more than they love man. They obey the law of man more than they obey the law of God. And yet they have the gall to look at someone who is a Torah observer and call them a legalist. Let's say you get hired at a, at a new job or even if whatever, whatever you're working, like whatever you're working now, there are rules. If your coworker is telling everybody and, and saying, you know, we, we should actually, uh, you know, respect our employer here and obey the rules. Would you say to them, you're a legalist? Every married couple, I'm not sure, William, if you're married or not, but every married couple, there are, there are rules between married couples. I mean, there are unspoken rules. One spouse is not going to be punching the other spouse in the head every single day for the rest of their life. That's just a rule. If one of the spouses say, oh, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to do that. I think we should, we should respect each other and not punch each other in the head. Are you going to say legalist? Because these Christians who say that, who say, well, you know what? You're a legalist if you obey God, or if you say that you want to obey God, you're a legalist. But if you obey man, you're with your friends. Of course, there are unspoken rules between friends, of course. You can't just, you know, assault them. It's just, it's not going to work. It's, it's illegal. And so these people who use these kind of terms like legalism or legalist as a slur against God-fearing people, they are some of the biggest hypocrites in the world. That's what I think, William. Thank you for your question. I appreciate it. To Yabi, the glory says, uh, thought the book of Acts claimed Paul spoke to them in the Hebrew tongue. Can't remember the verse though. Yeah, it does, it does claim that. You know, and that brings up more questions like, okay, first of all, how accurate is that? And if it is accurate, how well did Paul speak in the Hebrew tongue? And does he know his Hebrew grammar very well? If so, why, does he, why doesn't he use the Hebrew Bible? Why does he use the Greek Bible? Why does he write in Greek? That's one witness. Uh, Paul, I don't think Paul himself claimed to be a, you know, fluent in Hebrew. So the author of the book of Acts is one witness saying that he could speak in Hebrew. How well? We don't know. Carefully Confident says legalism is a made-up term by the lawless. Yeah. You don't really hear lawfully, you know, law-abiding citizens going around using th those terms legalism and legalist against, you know, against people, do you? Uh, a Baptist pastor told me today he, that he defines a legalist as someone who replaces the Lord with the law. I thought that was a fair take. What do you think on that? If a pastor told you that, I would say, what Lord is there that is divided from his word? I think it's a play on words. Again, think of it as a married couple. You have a married couple, or if you have a really good friend, like a best, you get your best friend, you're not going to give him a black eye every day of the week, you know? He's not going to do that. And if, and if uh, someone would say, you're you're going by a, a rule, you know, that you're not supposed to hurt your friend. Are you going to say to them, hey, you know what? You are replacing my friend with a rule. It makes absolutely no sense. It's like, again, you think about it when it comes to your, your employee. Let's say you're working for somebody. The boss comes and gives you some instructions. Someone might say, hey, you know, what? I think we should we should obey those instructions. We should we should do it. 
Say, are you trying to replace my boss with instructions? It's a very, very twisted and perverted way of looking at God's word and the law. You can't divide God from, you can't divide the Lord from his law. It's like, how do you love God? It's defined by the law. That's how, I mean, how do you love your neighbor? You got two, two of the greatest commandments. Love, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, that's fine. It's all fine and dandy. Sounds good. The problem is everybody has their own definition of love. So you have to ask God, what do you mean by love? Uh, can, you, can you break that down for me? And that is what the law is for. The law is actually to show us how to love God. When we go by the Torah, when we go by the law, when we go by his instructions, that is going by, by the Lord. Yeah, it's a Yahweh the glory, Acts 22.2. Paul spoke in the Hebrew tongue to them. Yes, again, that's only one witness. Keep in mind, one of the major purposes of the book of Acts is to tie Paul into the church. And so if it is Luke, Luke was one of Paul's best friends. Talk about best friends. Luke was one of Paul's best friends. So Luke wouldn't really say anything against Paul, even if it was true. He would definitely be biased for Paul. So we have to keep that in mind when we're reading the book of Acts. And that's a big point as well, because when we, let's say the, the chapter before that, chapter 21, when Paul gets in so much trouble with the original disciples, um, he gets in so much trouble for saying things that apparently people you know, they said, you're speaking against the Torah, you're speaking against Moses, you're speaking against the traditions, all this kind of thing. And he got in a lot of trouble there. Now you think about it, if that was, it was Luke that wrote the book of Acts, and if Luke is what we believe, what the scriptures portray him as, as one of, one of Paul's, you know, close buddies, then that says a lot. It could have been a lot worse than what it was actually, you know, what it actually says in the book of Acts. Keep in mind, the author of the book of Acts did not write it as word of God. He wrote it as a letter to Theopolis. It's very clear from Acts chapter 1. It really wasn't supposed to be for us to read. There are a lot of things, um, and we have to take a lot of things in context. And again, even if he did speak in the Hebrew tongue, the question is, how well did he speak in the Hebrew tongue? Blake says, he followed up with saying the law and the Lord work together. Well, I would say yes to that. Yes, um, that's how we know the Lord's will is through the law, for sure. Now, it depends on what he means by the law and the, and the Lord work together. I would ask him, so what's the purpose of the law? And if he goes on about, well, the purpose of the law is just to show us that you're, just to show you how much you're a sinner and how much you need a Savior. Uh, it doesn't say that in the scriptures, apart from perhaps Paul's letters, but God himself in the you know 1500 years from Genesis to to uh, to the New Testament didn't say that once as far as I know of didn't say he said the he actually he he gave us the purpose of the law over and over and over again the purpose of the law is for our good so that it may go well with us uh, he made that very clear over and over again it's for it's it's a blessing to us it's his gift to us i would say it just depends on what he means by that I mean, on the surface, it sounds good. Yeah, I would say, yes, you're right. But if you mean that the law just is just there as a schoolmaster, then I would say, okay, have you really been schooled in Torah? Have you really? 
There are, there are Jews in the world that they have spent decades in Torah alone. I mean, just pure Torah. They're studying Torah. They give their lives to studying Torah and Torah alone for decades, and they still haven't come to an end of it. I mean, it's still, they're still studying. They're still, they're still getting fresh revelation, as it were, from the Torah. So I would ask him if he, if he says something like that, was well, the law is, a, is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. That's how the law works, works with the Lord. I would say, excuse me, pastor, have you really been tutored in the Torah? Because there are people that are being tutored in the Torah, and it takes decades. They haven't exhausted the Torah. The real truth said, well, I'm a legalist, not ashamed of it. And you know, everybody is a legalist. That's, that's really what I'm getting at is everybody is a legalist. It's just like the question is, what law are you following? You're following the unspoken law between spouses. You're, uns- you're following the unspoken law between friends. You're following the law of the land. You know, you're following the law of, you know, the speed limits, as I just made an earlier analogy. You see a policeman at the side of the road, you watch your, you watch your speed. But when you know God's looking at you, you're not watching the Torah. I mean, that's, that's how these people are so hypocritical. So hypocritical. Pious Crusader on, speaking of TikTok, uh, says, uh, I believe the new, com- the, the new commandment G- Jesus gave to love thy neighbor was to help. Not sure. I'm not entirely clear on what you mean by that. When Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, he used the word kainos, which is not naos. Kainos can often depict uh, a refreshing, uh, a, a refurbishing, polishing up, so to speak. So when Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, it really wasn't a new commandment. It was it was an old commandment, but he just basically uh, reminded uh, the disciples of that commandment to love your neighbor. You know, the new commandments that Jesus gave to love the neighbor was to help. What Jesus does is he expounds upon concepts that are already there in the Torah. Uh, like he just puts, he just kind of, just kind of un, unfolds them, so to speak, like just breaks them down. You know, what does it mean to love your neighbors yourself? What does it mean, you know, uh, you know, not to hold a grudge was talking about, not, you know, forgiveness. And, you know, what does it mean thou shalt not murder, for example? As I understand it, Jesus did not did not bring any new commandment at all in there, except for a kainos commandment, which is actually just re, reminding his disciples of a commandment that's already in the Torah. Tori says, what about Messianic teacher that teaches that there is one law for Jews and one for Gentiles? Got a bit surprised. I believe it's one law. Yes, it is one law. It's very clear in numbers that it's one law. And we know that even when the law was given, uh, actually at, in Moses' day and before Moses was actually born, the law was given too. Like, for example, to Abraham. Abraham had the law. Genesis 26, 5 makes that very clear. And all the patriarchs that came before Abraham as well were all Gentiles. They had the law as well. You know, and even when Moses, when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, they came out with the, with the mixed multitude, with the with a lot of Gentiles, and they all they all got one law. And it's very very clear in the book of Numbers that there's one law for for all. Real truth says that's like saying Jesus is my Sabbath does not make any sense at all. Yeah, yeah, it's, you might as well say Jesus is my rent payment. 
You know, Jesus is my my credit card. Okay, you go to Walmart. You know, you can you just put in, Jesus paid it all. I mean, I might as well say that, right? I mean, that's how these people take they they take it to the extreme. It's like you know how how shall he not with him uh, freely give us all things? He who gave his life for he who gave his life life up for us, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Yeah, so it's all paid. Everything's paid. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. I am Groot says, why did he call those new commandments the new covenant? He did not call those new commandments the new covenant. And co covenant is not a commandment. Completely different things. A couple of times, even tonight, we talked about, let's say, a marriage, right? A marriage, for example, is a covenant. But the marriage in and of itself is not the law of the land. It's not the law of the land. The law of the land stands before and after any marriage. Okay, the the law the the law could could be in the marriage, but the marriage is not the law. Marriages come, marriages go. The law is still still stands. Okay, in the same way, covenants come, covenants go. Old covenant comes, old covenant goes. New covenant comes, new covenant goes. Whatever. There's many many covenants throughout the scriptures, and the law still stands. He did not say, and by the way, as well, when he said new co new commandments, he used the word kainos, not naos. Same with new covenant. He used the word kainos, not naos, which means renewed, refreshed, refurbished, so to speak, not brand new. Real truth. Yeah, replace my boss with his instructions. That is funny. And that's pretty much exactly what, what the, it sounds like that pastor said. It is funny. Corey says, I think... I think that the new commandment Jesus gave to love your neighbor and God just makes the Ten Commandments easier to follow. But the new commandment is a kainos commandment. It's not a naos commandment. See, this is the thing. Naos means brand new. Kainos means I'm just refreshing it to you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just basically, it's like, let's say, for example, I read this book. Okay, I read this book. I send it to you. To you, it's a new book, but it's not new. It's, it's, an, it's you know, maybe I just kind of dust it off a little bit. That's what Jesus did to the commandments. He just kind of dusted it off a little bit, polished it up a little bit, didn't change a thing, but rather he just explained it in a different way. It's the same commandments. You see, the commandment to love your neighbor and to love God are both in the Torah itself. So it's not. It's not new as in brand new. Blake says, thank you for following up on that. I do agree with you, Chris Renock, but I was a conflicting conversation. He did call himself a Paulian too, ironically. Wow. Not very often do you have people who admit that they're Paulians, but yeah, I mean, he calls himself a... In, in, I've had people say, you know, they get really offended when I say you're a Paulian. Well, why should you get offended? I mean, Paul is like God to you. I mean, are you going to be offended if I call you a Christian, if you're following the teachings of Christ? If you're following the teachings of Paul, I mean, you shouldn't be offended if I call you a Paulian. Yeah, the real truth just said, like, said what I said as well. Those were not new commandments. They were taken directly from the Torah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good one, real truth. I have never figured out how Jesus did not murder for me and how he did not steal for me, how he loved Yahweh for me. Yes. 
It's a good one. Like, how did Jesus honor my parents for me? How? How? Yes, absolutely. That's a good one. It's like you get put, and talking about, you know, talking about speeding like earlier, right? It's like getting, getting pulled over for speeding. It's like, officer, Jesus obeyed the speed limit for me. He writes you a ticket. Jesus paid it all. Okay. Like, I don't have to pay it. I don't have to pay it. He paid it all. Take a few more, then we'll jump into the book of Jeremiah. <laughs> Thoughts on the implications of Isaiah 1, verse 11. Isaiah 1, verse 11, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and of fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. Even the next couple of verses, when uh, when you come to appear before me, who has required this of your hand, from your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbath, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity in the sacred meeting. My thoughts on that is just another one of many, many, many times throughout the scriptures where God makes it very clear: sacrifices, blood sacrifices, do not cover sin. Shofar Girl says, is this the We Hate Paul channel? No time did I ever say throw out Paul's letters. No time. In fact, if you if you actually know what you're talking about before you talk, you would know that every single live stream I, I do, I quote Paul to back up the, the doctrine that I'm talking about. We are we want the real Paul. We don't want the Paulian Paul, the, the Paul that is a perfect Paul. That is the fake Paul. We want to know who the real Paul is, okay? Uh, and we know Paul as a man, and that's exactly what he was, a man. Never claimed. He, he didn't even claim to be a prophet or, you know, everything that he said was, was the word of God. No, on the contrary, he said the opposite. 1 Corinthians 7.12 is a good example. I say this, not the Lord. I, this is what I'm saying, not, not God. I, you know, he makes, it, he makes it clear over and over again. So we just look at Paul for what he really is. We're looking at the historical Paul, the facts, okay? We want the facts. We don't want what Christianity teaches if it's wrong. We want the facts. Yes, Paul said some things that are good things. Paul said some things that are questionable to say the least. I just, I, I, I've been listening to d different videos of people who have been, you know, studying Paul for pretty much their entire life, you know, university professors and associate professors, and they say the same thing. We just had one on here not too long ago, uh, uh, Dr. Jason Staples, and I asked him about Paul. He's like, yeah, there's some things that Paul said that's not right. And he's more of a, like, he's more on the Christian side of things, okay? But in, he, he admits what the truth is. And you say you understand Paul. That's quite an arrogant statement because, I mean, even people that have uh, scholars, many scholars that I know of that I've been listening to and, and even had some on here as guests have said that Paul is difficult to understand. Even it says that in Second Peter. So apparently you're better than the author of Second Peter. You understand Paul. I would highly recommend you humble yourself a little bit and say, you know what? Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I don't understand Paul the way I think. Maybe I am, perhaps I am 
ignoring things just to make my doctrine fit. Perhaps I am saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, and perhaps I'm twisting things to make my doctrine fit. I recommend, instead of just coming right out and saying, I understand Paul. If you do, you're better than any scholar I know of, and you're better than any university professor I know of. You're better than anybody who's studied the, the, the scriptures. I've been, I've been studying the letters of Paul for over 30 years. The more I study it, the more I see things that just are questionable. The more I study it, the more I see things are questionable. Oh yeah, way back in the day, way back in the day, when I first got saved, back in the day, back in 1992, 1993, I, maybe I'd say the same thing. Maybe I would, because you think you know. But the more you look at things, the more you look at the facts, the more you realize that you don't know. So, so far, girl says, lots of Torah channels understand Paul. <laughs> they think they do. And I, I, don't, I wouldn't say lots. I know there's a few out there. Yeah. They think they do. Uh, so far, girl, um, my question to you would be, have you publicly went through every single word that Paul wrote, doing your best to portray that Paul is on par with Torah? Let me ask you the question again. Have you publicly went through every single word that Paul wrote to make him appear the best you know how to be in line with Torah? I ask you because I did. If you do a little bit of research and you do a little bit of study before you talk, I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. You can, excuse me, if you want to talk without knowledge, go ahead. But I mean, I would highly recommend you do a little bit of research before you do, because I went through every single word of the scriptures, every single word of Paul's letters on YouTube, and many of those words of Paul's letters I went through probably over 100 times, and it feels like over 100 times, but I went through every single word at least once, and I know some of the channels you're talking about, and I know what they say about that, about Paul, and I have tried my best to make it fit without denying the truth, without looking the truth in the face and saying, ah, no, you don't exist. I'll just ignore you. And I would dare say these channels, these channels you're referring to so far, girl, have they went through every single word of Paul's letters publicly like I did? Have they went through every single word of Paul's letters publicly teaching this stuff? that Paul is Torah observant, that Paul teaches Torah and all this kind of stuff. I don't know if anybody has. We have here. We did it. I don't know of anybody else that has. And so far, girl, I got another question for you too. I know I gave you a couple, two questions so far, but let me give you three. I'll leave you with three. I would love to have you answer the three. You got two so far. The last one is this. If these so-called Torah channels that understand Paul if they are true to what they said about how Paul is pro-Torah all the way, he doesn't say anything against Torah, he preaches Torah, he teaches Torah, then answer me this one question. How come nobody, the earliest centuries, the early church fathers, saw that? Right from the days of Paul, going on into the days of Marcion, they understood Paul to say the opposite. 
even the people that were right there in those days. Acts chapter 21 is a good example. After the so-called New Testament days, immediately after that, pretty much, you got Marcion comes in on the scene. He understood Paul to mean what Christians understand Paul to mean. And so did all of the early church fathers. So why didn't they know? Why didn't any of those people know? They shouldn't, if anybody knows, they should be the ones that know. Why didn't they? Why did they understand Paul to say the opposite? You got to understand there, maybe you don't, but hopefully you do so far, girl. You need to understand it's not that simple. That's why I asked you the first two questions. But I asked you, I'll give you three. So that's enough homework for you for now. So far, a girl says, why is he questioning Acts and Luke? I didn't say, well, I didn't say anything about the book of Luke, okay? Uh, we're talking about the book of Acts. And again, we're talking about what it really is, not what your pastor told you. Apparently, apparently you believe the man and not what it actually says. You believe, you believe man, you don't believe God. Man tells you the book of Acts and everything that Paul wrote is the word of God. That it's all perfect. That's what man tells you. And you bought into that, obviously. I believe what it really is. The book of Acts is a letter from purportedly Luke, although he doesn't really identify himself as Luke. It's from the same author as the Gospel of Luke, even though that author didn't identify himself as Luke. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. It was written by a man. They figure the end of the first century, long after the times of Jesus, who was writing to another man by the name of Theopolis. Okay, that's what it is. The question is, who wrote it? Why did they write it? And it, is everything that it says perfect? Acts chapter 15, verse 7 is opposite to Galatians chapter 2, verse 7. Galatians chapter 2, verse 7 is opposite to Acts chapter 15, verse 7. In the book of Acts, we have three different uh, accounts of what happened to Paul on the road to Damascus, and there are contradictions. Yes, there are. I know that people bend it and twist it and try to make it sound like there's not, but it, there are. There are contradictions there. It's different. You got to take it for what it is. It's a, it's a letter from a man to a man about men and women. Yes, Alan says, question everything, hold fast to what is true. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're actually obeying Paul there. Okay, let's get into the book of Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah chapter 10. We'll start out with that. So we're going to read Jeremiah chapter 10 through 17. Verse 1, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, do not learn the ways of the, the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. For the customs of the peoples are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the, of the hands of, of the workmen with, it, with the axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it, it will not topple. They are upright like a palm tree. They cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, nor can they do any good. Insomuch as there is none like you, O Lord, 
You are great, and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O, o King of the nations? For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations, in all their kings, there is none like you, but they are altogether dull-hearted and foolish. A, wo a wooden idol is a worthless doctrine. In the footnotes, a vain teaching. Silver is beaten into plates. It is brought from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz. The work of the craftsman and of the hands of the metalsmith, blue and purple are their clothing. They are the work of skilled men, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure his indignation. Thus you shall say to them, The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom. He has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. When he utters his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for, for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasuries. Everyone is dull-hearted without Every metalsmith is put to shame by an image. For, for his molded image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. They are futile, a work of errors. In the time of their punishment, they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the maker of all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Gather up your wares from the land, O inhabitant of the fortress. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will throw out at this time the inhabitants of the land and will distress them, that they may find it so. Woe is, is me for my hurt. My wound is severe. But I say, Truly this is an infirmity, and I must bear it. My tent is plundered, and all my cords are broken. My children have gone from me, and they are no more. There is no one to pitch my tent any more, or set up my curtains. For the shepherds have become dull-hearted, and have not sought the Lord. Therefore they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. Behold, the noise of the report has come, and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate, a den of jackals. O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. O Lord, correct me, but with justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Put out your fury on the Gentiles, or excuse me, pour out your fury on the Gentiles who do not know you, on the families who do not call on your name. For they have eaten up Jacob, devoured him, and consumed him, and made his dwelling place desolate. Jeremiah chapter 11. 
the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, hear the words of this covenant and speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and say to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, cursed is the man who does not obey the words of this covenant, which I commanded your, your fathers in the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace saying, obey my voice and do according to all that I command you. So shall my people, so shall you be my people, and I will be your God, that I may establish the oath which I have sworn to your fathers, to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as it is this day. And I answered and said, So be it, Lord. And the Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah, in the streets, and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear the words of this covenant and do them. For I earnestly exhorted your fathers in the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt until this day, rising early in the morning, ex exhorting them, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them the, the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but, wit but which they have not done. And the Lord said to me, a conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and, uh, and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words, and they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will surely bring calamity on them, which they which they will not be able to escape. And though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go out and cry out to the gods to whom they offer incense, but they will not save them at all in the, in, in the time of their trouble. For according to the number of your cities were gods, O Judah, and according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, you have set up altars that, uh, to that shameful thing, altars to burn incense to Baal. So do you, so do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or, or prayer for them. For I will not hear them in the, in, in the time that they cry out to me because of, of their trouble. Quote, what has my beloved to do in my house, having done lewd deeds with many? and the holy flesh has passed from you. When you do evil, then you rejoice. The Lord called your name, green olive tree, lovely and good and of good fruit. With the noise of a great tumult, he has kindled fire on it, and, the, and its branches are broken. For the Lord of hosts who planted you has pronounced doom against you for the evil of the house of Israel and of the house of Judah, which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger in offering incense to Baal. Now the Lord gave me knowledge of it, and I know it, for you showed me their doings. And I was like a docile lamb brought to the slaughter, and I did not know that they, ha they had devised schemes against me, saying, let us destroy the fruit, the tree with its fruit, and let us cut off from the land of the living that his name that his name might may be remembered no more 
uh, excuse me, and let, let us cut him off from the land of the living that his name may be remembered no more. But O Lord of hosts, you who judge righteously, testing the mind and the heart, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have revealed my cause. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the men of Anathoth, who seek your life, saying, Do not prophesy in the name of the Lord, lest you die by our hand. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will punish them. The young men shall die by the sword, their sons and their daughters shall die by famine, and there shall be no remnant of them, for I will bring catastrophe on the men of Anathoth, even the year of their punishment. Jeremiah chapter 12. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you, yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted, yes, you have taken root, or excuse me, you have planted, yes, they have taken root, they grow, yes, they bear fruit, you are you are near in their mouth, but far from their mind. But you, O Lord, know me. You have seen me, and you have tested my heart towards you. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter, and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long will the land mourn, and the herbs of, the, of, the, of every field wither? The beasts and birds are consumed for the wickedness of those who dwell there, because they say, he will not see our final end. If you have run with footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, which you have, in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? For even your brothers, the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. Yes, they have called a multitude after you. Do not believe them, even though they speak smooth words to you. I have forsaken my house. I have left, left my heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my soul into the, into the hand of her enemies. My heritage is... My heritage is to me like a lion in the forest. It cries out against me. Therefore, I have hated it. My heritage is to me like a speckled vulture. The vultures all around are against her. Come, assemble all the beasts of the field. Bring them to devour. Many rulers have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They have made it desolate. Desolate, it mourns to me. The whole land is made desolate because no one takes it to heart. The plunderers have come on all the desolate heights in the wilderness. For the sword of the Lord shall devour from one end of the land to the other end of the land. No flesh shall have peace. They, shall, they have sown wheat but reaped thorns. They have put themselves to pain, but do not profit. But be ashamed of your harvest because of the, of the fierce anger of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, against all my evil neighbors 
who touched the inheritance which I caused my people to my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of their land and pluck out the house of Judah from among them. Then it shall be after I have plucked them out that I will return and have compassion on them and bring them back, everyone to his heritage and to his land. And it shall be if they will learn carefully the ways of my people to swear by my name as the Lord lives, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be established in the midst of my people. But if they say, do not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 13. Thus thus the Lord said to me, Go and get yourself a linen sash and put it around your waist, and do not put it in water. So I got a sash according to the word of the Lord and put it around my waist. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time, saying, Take the sash that you have acquired, which is around your waist, and arise, go to the the Euphrates, and hide it there in a in a hole in the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. Now it came to pass after many days that the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take from there the sash which I commanded you to, hi- to hide there. Then I went to the Euphrates, and dug, and took the sash from the place where I had hidden it, and there, was, and there was the sash, ruined. It was profitable for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, In this manner I will ruin the pride of J- Judah and the, and the pride of Jerusalem. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who follow the dictates of their hearts, and walk after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall, shall be just like this sash, which is profitable for nothing. For as the sash clings to the waist of a man, so I have caused the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah to cling to me, says the Lord, that they may become my people for renown, for praise, and for glory, but they would not hear. Therefore, you shall speak to them this word, thus says the Lord Lord God of Israel, every bottle shall be filled with wine. And they shall say to you, Do we not certainly know that every bottle will be filled with wine? Then you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will fill all the inhabitants of this land, even the kings who sit on David's throne, the priests, the prophets, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with drunkenness. And I will I will dash them one against another, even the fathers and the sons together, says the Lord. I will not pity nor spare nor have mercy, but I will destroy but will destroy them. Hear and give ear. Do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he causes darkness, and before the, your feet to stumble on the on the dark mountains, and while you are looking for light, he turns it into a shadow of death and makes it dense darkness. But if you will not hear it, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. Say to the king and to the queen mother, humble yourselves, sit down, for your rule shall collapse. 
the, the crown of your glory. The cities of the south shall be shut up and no one shall open them. Judah shall be carried away captive, all of it. It shall be wholly carried away captive. Lift up your eyes and see those who come from the north. Where is the flock that was given to you, your, your beautiful sheep? What will you say when he punishes you? For you have taught them to be chieftains, uh, to, be he- to be head over you. Will not pangs seize you like a woman in labor? And if you say in your heart, why have these things come upon me for the greatness of your iniquity? Your skirts have been uncovered, your heels made bare. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then may you also do good who are accustomed to do evil. Therefore, I will scatter them like stubble that passes away by the wind of the wilderness. This is your lot, the portion of your measures from me, says the Lord, because you have forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. There I will uncover your skirts over your face that your shame may appear. And I have seen your adulteries and your lust, lustful nayings, nayings, excuse me. The lewdness of your harlotry, your abominations on the hills in the fields. Woe to you, O Jerusalem. Will you not be made clean? Jerusalem, <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 14. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the droughts. Judah mourns, and her gates languish. They mourn for the land. And the cry of Jerusalem has gone up. Their nobles have sent their lads for water. They went to the cisterns and found no water. They returned to their they returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded and covered their heads, because the ground is parched. For there is no rain in the land. The plowmen were ashamed. They covered their heads. Yes, the deer also gave birth in the field, but left because there was no grass. And the wild donkeys stood in the dikes. They sniffed at the the wind like jackals. Their eyes failed because there was no grass. O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do it for your name's sake. For our backslidings are many. We have sinned against you. O oh, oh, the hope of Israel, his savior, his savior in time of trouble. Why should you be like a stranger in the land and like a traveler who turns aside to tarry for a night? Why should you be like a man astonished, like a mighty one who cannot save? Yet you, O oh Lord, are in your midst or in our midst, excuse me, and we are called by your name. Do not leave us. Thus says the Lord to his people, thus they have loved to wander. They have not, excuse me, they have not restrained their feet. Therefore, the Lord does not accept them. He will remember his iniquity, excuse me, he will remember their iniquity now and punish their sins. The Lord said to me, do not pray for this people for their good. Again, see, again, he says, do not pray for this people. Again, as it says in Jeremiah chapter 7. Can you imagine God saying, do not pray for this people? Verse 12, 
When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering, when they offer burnt offering and grain offering, I will not accept them. There we are again. There we are again. But I will consume them by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give, I will give you assured peace in this place. And the Lord said to me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and a deceit of their heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, whom I did not send, and, and who said, Sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine, these prophets shall be consumed. And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. They, have, they will have no one to bury them. Them, nor their wives, their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness on them. Therefore, you shall say this word to them. Let my eyes flow with tears night and day. Let them not cease for the virgin daughter of my people has broken, has been broken with a mighty stroke, with a very severe blow. If I go out to the field, then behold those slain with the sword. And if I enter the city, and then behold those sick with famine. Yes, both prophet and priest go about in a land they do not know. Have you utterly rejected Judah? Has your soul loathed Zion? Why have you stricken us so that there is no healing for us? We looked for peace, but there was no good. And for time of healing, but and there was trouble. We acknowledge, O Lord. We acknowledge, O Lord, your wickedness. Or excuse me, our wickedness. We acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers. For we have sinned against you. Do not abhor us for, the, for your name's sake. Do not disgrace the throne of your glory. Remember, do not break your covenant with us. Are there any among the idols of the nations that can cause rain or cause heavens? Or, or can the heavens give showers? Are you not he, O Lord, our God? Therefore, we will wait for you since you have made all these. Jeremiah chapter 15. Then the Lord said to me, Even if Moses and Samuel stood before me, my mind will not be favorable toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. And it shall be if they say to you, Where should, where should, uh, where should we go? Then you shall tell them, Thus says the Lord, such as for death to death, such as for the sword to the sword, such as for the famine to the famine, such as for the captivity to the captivity. And I will appoint over them four winds of destruction, says the Lord, the sword to slay, the dogs to drag, the winds of the, or excuse me, the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. 
I will hand them over to trouble to all the kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for what he did in Jerusalem. For who will have pity on you, O Jerusalem, or who will bemoan you, or who will turn aside to ask how you are doing? You have forsaken me, says the Lord. You have gone backward. Therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. I am weary of relenting. And I will winnow them with a winnowing fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people since they do not return from their ways. Their widows will be increased to me more than the sand of the seas. I will bring against them, against the mother of the young men, a plunderer at noonday. I will cause anguish and terror to fall on them suddenly. She languishes who has borne seven. She has breathed her last. Her son has gone down while it was yet day. She has been ashamed and confounded, and the remnant of them I will deliver to the sword before their enemies, says the Lord. Woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me, a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent nor interest. Or excuse me. I have, I have neither lent for interest nor have men lent to me for interest. Every one of them curses me. The Lord said, surely it will be well with your remnant. Surely I will cause the enemy to intercede with you in the time of advers adversary and in the time of affliction. Can anyone break iron, the northern iron and the bronze, your wealth and your treasures? I will, I will give as a plunder without price because of all your sins throughout your territories. And I will make you cross over with your enemies into a land which you do not know. For a fire is kindled in my anger, which shall burn upon you. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your enduring patience, do not take me away. Know that for your sake, I have suffered rebuke. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by my by your name. O Lord God of hosts, I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because of your hand. For you have filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual and my, and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream as waters that fail? Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, if you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me if you take out the precious from the vial. You shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but, but you must not return to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall, and they will fight against you. But they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. Jeremiah chapter 16. 
The word of the Lord also came to me saying, you shall not take a wife, nor shall you have sons or daughters in this place. For thus says the Lord concerning the sons and daughters who were born, who are born in this place. And concerning their mothers who bore them in and their fathers who begot them in this land. They shall die gruesome deaths. They shall not be lamented for, nor shall they be buried, but they shall be like refuse on the, on the face of the earth. They shall be consumed by the sword and by famine, and their corpses shall be meat for the birds of heaven and for the beasts of the earth. For thus says the Lord, Do not enter the house of mourning, nor go to lament or bemoan them, for I have taken away my peace from this people, says the Lord, loving kindnesses and mercies. Both the, the great and the small shall die in this land. They, sh they shall not be bur buried, neither shall men lament for them, cut themselves, nor make themselves bald for them. Nor shall men break bread in mourning for them to comfort them for the dead. Nor shall men give them the cup of consolation to drink for their, for their father or their mother. Also, you shall not go into the house of feasting to sit with them to, to eat and drink. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will cause to cease from this place before your eyes and in, in your days the, the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. And it shall be when you, shall, when you show this people all these words and they say to you, why has the Lord pronounced all this great disaster against us? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then you shall say to them, because your fathers have forsaken me, says the Lord. They have walked after other gods and have served them and worshiped them and have forsaken me and not kept my law. And you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, each one follows the dictates of his own evil heart, so that no one listens to me. Therefore, I will cast you out of this land into a land that you do not know, neither you nor your fathers. For And there, there you shall serve other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord lives, who brought, you out, uh, brought, brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they shall fish them. And afterward, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face, nor is their iniquity hidden from my eyes. And, and first, I will repay double for their iniquity and their sin, because they have defiled my land and have filled my inheritance with carcasses of, the, of their detestable and abominable uh, idols. O Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come to you, 
from the ends of the earth and say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, worthless and unprofitable things. Will a man make gods for himself, which are not gods? Therefore, behold, I will I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 17. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, with the point of a diamond that is engraved on a tablet on the tablet of their heart and on the horns of your altars, while their children remember their altars and their wooden images by the green trees on the on the high hills. O my mountain in the field, I will give as plunder wealth all your treasures and and your high places of sin within your borders. And you, even yourself, shall go of uh, shall let go of your heritage which I gave you, and I will cause you to serve your enemies in the in the land which you do not know, for you have kindled a fire in my anger, which shall not, which shall burn forever. Thus says the Lord: Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a sun which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cause uh, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. As the partridge that broods but does not uh, hatch, so is he that gets riches but not by right. It will leave him in the midst of his days, and at his end he will be a fool. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Indeed, they say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. As for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you, nor have I desired a woeful day. You know what came out of my lips. It was right there before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my hope in the day of doom. Let them be ashamed who persecute me, but do not let me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but do not let me do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom and destroy them with double destruction. 
Thus the Lord said to me, Go and stand in the gate of the children of my people, of the people, by the kings of Judah, come in, and by which they go out. And in, in, excuse me, and in all the gates of Jerusalem, and say to them, Hear the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem who enter by these gates. Thus says the Lord, Take heed to yourselves, and bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem, nor carry a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day, nor do any work, but hollow the Sabbath day as I commanded your fathers. But they did not obey nor incline their ear, but made their necks stiff that I might not hear nor receive instruction. It shall be, and it shall be, if you, if you heed me carefully, says the Lord, to bring no burden through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but hollow the Sabbath, do no work in it, then shall enter the gates of this city, kings and princes, sitting on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their princes, accompanied by the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and this city shall remain forever." And they shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places around Jerusalem, from the land of Benjamin and from the lowland, from the mountains and from the south, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices, grain offerings and incense, bringing sacrifices of praise to the, to the house of the Lord. But if you will not heed me to hollow the Sabbath day, such as not carrying a burden when uh, entering the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in its gates, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem, and it shall not be quenched. Amen, amen. The real truth uh, asks the question, how many actually trust in man instead of tr trust truly trusting in Yahweh? Yeah, Jeremiah 17.5, just to go back there and read it. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh, makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people fall into that category. Again, if you're new here, we do this by the grace of God, we do this every single day. All right. So one John says, uh, thank you for tonight's uh, reading. Very nice. Thank you very much. Sorry, I know that email didn't stay up there very long. I'll give you a little bit longer there in case someone wants it. We do this by the grace of God every single day so far. It's been, it's been, I believe it's since uh, September we've been, we've been doing this on, on YouTube every single day. I know I've been doing it a little bit more on TikTok before that, but uh, yeah. So every, every single day we go live seven days a week. Six of those seven days we go live 7 p.m. Eastern. That's from Sunday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Blake says, um, thank you for the fellowship as usual. It has been great to find this channel. It's been great having you here, Blake. Um, blessings, 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 brother. Billy says, you are in my prayers. Thank you and good night. Thank you very much, Billy. Blessings, good night. Blessings multiplied back to you. Rachel says, uh, thanks. I will email it shortly. Well, thank you very much, Rachel. I appreciate it. Real Truth says, uh, shalom all and thanks. Thank you very much, The Real Truth. 
Tammy says, uh, praying, thank you for your faithfulness and reading the word. Have a great night. Thank you very much, Tammy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Blessings multiplied to you as well. All right. All right. So that's it for tonight. I will see you guys again tomorrow. Uh, same time, same place, Lord willing. By the grace of God, uh, we'll pick up again where we left off uh, tonight. And so, uh, Lord willing, we'll start out again tomorrow, Jeremiah chapter 18 through Jeremiah chapter 25. This is a very, very important passage of scripture. This is when they really start talking. Jeremiah really starts talking about false prophets, people who prophesy from their own spirit, from their own heart, as opposed to prophesying from God's spirit. And so that's going to be very interesting, I know, to get into. So Lord willing, I'll see you again tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks again, everyone. As always, you guys are awesome. I appreciate every one of you. Blessings multiplied to you guys. And as always, I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow night.